0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Wisdom Cricket Weekly Podcast. We might have been enjoying t-shirt and flip-flop weather all week, but it's been raining sixes in the international game. Sri Lanka completed one of the most unlikely series wins this century. England women won a nail-biter in India, and there's been another high-profile pre-Brexit coal-pack move. I'm Yaz Rana, and to discuss all that and much, much more, I'm delighted to be joined by the editor-in-chief of the Wisdom Cricket Monthly magazine, Phil Walker, and Quick Buzz's English correspondent, Batusha Hantaraja. Welcome, welcome. Let's get straight into it. Phil, what's your moment of the week?
1: Uh, It occurred yesterday. It was a day of of uh absurd batsmanship wasn't it um, obviously Josh butler began it we can come to him in a moment chris gale uh, did his best to to eclipse him and then just as i was settling into my bed last night um couldn't quite sleep i'd watched a rather miserable news night and uh turned over to to the sports channels and saw that bangladesh had been inserted right under kind of darkish skies in new zealand on a green one a clear green one and uh, Bolton and Southie were both playing, and Tommy McBell was batting. And Tommy McBell is, is, a, is a peculiar cricketer, really, um, who English fans have always adored ever since he smashed it at Lord's a few years back and then went berserk, uh, run a ball hundred there. And he was on course for repeating the same thing before lunch at one point. I think he finished up 86 or 87 not out at lunch in the end.
0: But he could have got it before lunch could have, had he had more of the strike. Could have
1: got it, but had a half hour or so when he was deprived of the strike in the build-up to lunch. Um, they had, within 25 minutes of the start of the day, they had a deep point, a deep square leg, and two men straight on the drive. And he was lacing it through those two men, at extra cover and mid-off, time after time. He hit four boundaries in an over uh, off Southie at one point, three through extra cover, with them having... Um, kind of buttressed that spot, spot anyway. It was an astonishing, pure demonstration of batting. And, of course, because he did it in whites, it naturally usurps what you <laughs> saw happening earlier in the day. Uh, and we can touch on that as and when you like. But uh, what I took from, from last night as, as I drifted uh, into, into my sleep was, was the work of Tamim, uh, not necessarily the work of Joss or, or the work of Gale.
2: Do they need to make bats smaller?
1: Naturally, yeah. naturally, and just play on, on a, on a, on a maydan, you know, where there isn't even a boundary, <laughs> yeah. uh, j- just, just keep playing as far as I can go. Um, we're probably going to come to, you know, shortened boundaries and big bats and all of that, but let's not because it's such a churlish way of of describing it and looking at it I think you know that's the the issue that we can extract from what we saw yesterday but let's just luxuriate in, in yeah let's in, enjoy it in the purity of it you know? it's, I, a
2: very, it's a very english worry isn't it so <laughs> yeah. today saying, Ooh, you know it's yeah. 266 is 2 minutes it's too much fun <laughs> yeah
1: it's too good
0: let someone think of the bowlers i've a lot of time for your um, cricketing hipster answer that after all of what happened yesterday you decide to what do you mean talking hipster well because everyone was else is <laughs> <Everyone laughs> watching the, um, the England West Indies
1: game I, I, and
2: probably turned off the TV after yeah, the yeah, to West be West fair he did, he did start this anecdote with I was watching Newsnight
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I had no idea they were playing a test match hand on heart I didn't know I knew that they were on tour there. They'd struggled in the ODI. I didn't know they were playing a test last night. <laughs> just flicking through, waiting for that last little hit of half an hour before going to sleep. And there it was, in the pure form of Tammy McFarland.
0: Well, before that, there was a crazy ODI in Grenada. Josh Butler hit 150 off 77 balls. His last 100 runs off just 31. England posted their fifth score of 399 or more since the last World Cup and basically had the game sorted until Chris Gale responded with a brutal knock of his own. And with three overs to go, West Indies genuinely... We're in a position where they could have won the game. West Indies needed uh, less than forty with four wickets in hand uh, before Rashid ended it with four wickets in an over. Um, Vish Butler hits the ball pretty well, doesn't
2: he? He is quite good at, um, at cricket. Yeah, so I think the the fascinating thing with Butler's innings yesterday, amid all the you know hitting and the saluting, which was what we can all accept was glorious, and we'd like to see more of it, is the fact that it wasn't. You know, it is it is quickest. Hundred, am I right? Is it? No, no. no it's the it second isn't. quickest hundred. Yeah, right. So when we but- now have
1: like four of the top six or seven quickest hundreds. Well, but-
2: this is the, this is the fascinating thing. When Butler scored the quickest ODR hundred in two thousand and fourteen, as it was then, yep. he knocked off Kevin Peterson to not Kevin Peterson down to number two. That Kevin Peterson innings is now number ten.
1: Right, That's and amazing. Butler has and Butler half ha- a dozen. Or yeah, yeah, and, and Butler at one point had the had all of the top three. He the he, thing he, about, he kicked the door down first, though, didn't he? Really? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He he kind of he
1: yeah, showed, he led he the showed that there was yeah. another way of. Doing he parted
2: this. the seas and you know. Yeah. Bear and Mohi and walked through it. Rob Key alluded to, to it uh, in the coverage on the TV
0: yesterday that Butler hits low full tosses better than anyone else. He bends down instead of hitting the ball with a straight vertical bat, he gets a vertical bat, uh, sorry, a horizontal bat on it, um, and seems to get more behind the ball than anyone else. The, the balls weren't just going for six; they were they were clearing the boundaries by miles, well into the stands, and it was not a small ground either. We're basically glossing over the fact that Owen Morgan hit an 88-100 or as well and Alex Hale's got 82 or 73 balls. We're, we're a bit spoilt, aren't we? Uh,
1: just a little thing on Morgan, the old feast and famine argument. Well, He's, he's filling his boots at the minute. Uh, and he's been brilliant again through this series. And this World Cup tilt will come down to, to who, who has the balls at the right time. And, and if Morgan, if Morgan is, is in nick and in rhythm, then that completes that batting order. You know, someone asked a silly question yesterday of Butler, do you want to move up? the? I think it was Nick Knight. Do you want to move up the order? As if, as if there's a sort of flimsiness above him. You know, Morgan switched on is, 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 is as valuable to this team as any of the others, irrespective of the captaincy. Equally, when Morgan is struggling for form, uh, then as he happily admits to himself, you know, he doesn't know how to eradicate it. He doesn't know how to swing it around. Uh, so it's very positive from that, that respect that, that Morgan is slipping in and doing well. I think the other incredible thing
2: about Morgan is that it's clear that even when he's out in the middle, he's still captaining. So Butler came in yesterday at number five when he was down to
1: come at number six. Is that usually. his call then, you think?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It always right. is. If you look at some of um, Butler's most notable knocks over the last five, uh, well, I suppose after, over the last four years, essentially when Morgan was captain, I'm not talking about the hundreds. He's had really key innings of, say, like 91 against South Africa, I think it yeah. was, and a 60 odd here and there of 24 balls when he's been employed in different positions, whether he's been left to come in at six because they want him in for the last ten, yeah. or the thing, we've actually got quite a good platform here. Why don't we send you up at four? Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And Morgan yesterday did that from the middle. Now, it might have been a case that he wanted a left and right hand combination after...
1: Just shows Root how clear minded he is, though.
2: Exactly, but he obviously would have gone into the middle and left some advice back in the change room and said, yeah. you know, if Root goes out, then send him Butler. If I'm out, send Stokes. And everything just seems to work so seamlessly around him. And I, that's not a coincidence.
1: You just mentioned Rashid as well, who clinched it for England. Um, Rashid in the first game when Gale was going berserk, one of the best mini spells of one-day bowling I've seen in a long time. Um, he had the he had the guts to throw in the googly, but was landing it perfectly just on that line slightly outside the left-hander's leg but He was ragging across Gale. And Gail was becalmed and then he got rid of Gail and then he got rid of one or two others as well I think he ended up kind of three for 70 in nine overs you know which is by today's reckoning pretty good figures uh, and last night he was he completed the set he's had a brilliant mini tournament I think having had a pretty miserable chastening first test match which may end up being his last test match whisper it but the way that that game was finished off highlighted what England have been crying out for for centuries in their ODI side, and which they now have. You know, they have a bowler who can, who can change the direction of an innings. Um, and there was just two little moments in that. I, Rashid famously has struggled for acceptance in, 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 in various England setups over the years. When the third wicket in that four wicket over fell, he didn't even flinch. He just clapped his hands, strolled over to the man, I think it was Hales at deep mid wicket, Strolled over there, shook his hand. He was he was the boss of his scene. And you don't often see that with, with, with Rashid. And then at the end, when the fourth one fell, another brilliant googly to get rid of the left-handed number 11, which would have defeated many better players. He just stood there mid-pitch. And Morgan picked him up. And as if to kind of salute, you know, the, the, the main man, the main man in his team. It's implausible to have imagined Adil Rashid ever getting to that kind of stage, of self-regard as much as anything else. But it's all building up very nicely for this side, I think. And, and it's it's a it's a joy that never, never ceases to see Adil Rashid performing in an England kit. It was great to see what he did last night.
0: It was interesting that you picked up on the performance of a bowler. I thought Mark Wood was also really important as well. Yeah, he's played um, his way in, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, four top-order wickets and those two wickets in one over when West Indies were, what, 200 for, for two, 200 for three after 30 overs. They were equally as important as Rashid. Um, also, I had a look at his pace. His pace is, is is good. His average pace, if you take out his slow balls, is 139.5 Ks per hour, which is up on his career average. So um, the worry of that, that spell in the third Test match, taking it out of him, that's that's been dispelled. He, he, he's up on there pace. There was a lot of
1: nonsense around that second innings spell of Wood. And people were looking at the, the speed speed. I admit I was why, one of them. Why why didn't why didn't he touch the heights of that first innings? Well, fast bowling it doesn't necessarily work like that. You know, bowlers don't bowl the same pace every day.
0: But I think I think the point I was making was that Wood is so much less effective if he is slower. Sure. And if he sure. is that bowler, that's not a slight on him. And bowlers who sure. bowl at that, then he's not as effective. Sure. But he was also- bowling, he's
1: bowling ninety-five. Yeah. mile an hour yeah. in, that, in that first spell but also with words there is
2: previous you know you look those those numbers mean something more than, mm. than yeah. just being the A7, yeah. eight seven eight 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 miles an hour you we have we've yeah. witnessed that in, in Mark markwood what he's done now is he's you know I, i'd say the three of us sitting here are all paid up members of the markwood fan club there's no one and, out there with a heart and a well, who <laughs> well absolutely but so when we often get into these arguments as you do about when you try and champion Mark Wood, we now have something to back it up.
1: Mm. Yeah. We
2: didn't a couple We were of talking ago. about
1: it the other night when yeah. I was at a press junket last year and he ran away from me because every time I interviewed him, he used to get injured just <laughs> as the article <laughs> dropped and there's another, another fracture to his ankle. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's great to see Mark Wood and we just hope and pray that, that he can maintain himself all the way through because he's definitely in that 15 now, I think. Yeah, 100%. Four,
0: 100%. Um, Chris Gale, not going to lie, didn't expect the series he's had. 347 runs and in three innings, no not outs, 120 uh, strike rate. Uh, I also really enjoy how West Indies have to hide him in the field. He was fielding at backward point or in, the in the last...
1: <laughs> or in the <laughs> it was, uh... He's just looking more and more like Stevie Wonder as well, <laughs> with, with each game in those green glasses and the receding hairline and it falling down on the side.
0: But he was saying yesterday that uh, he was considering unretiring after the World Cup. Yeah, and it's a classic Gale, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it's, it's great to have him around the traps. We had talked about him on this show before, but when I interviewed Holder before Christmas, um, expecting him to be a little bit reserved about Gale's return, and he was just thrilled with it. And he was saying, look, you treat him differently, because he deserves to be treated differently. As a captain, that's what you do. You just let him be his, be his own man. I'm not going to get him to do shuttle runs. Or turn up on time. He just—he's his, his, his own man. And and Holder said, "I use him a lot I, as a sounding board, as a as a voice of experience and reason." And Holder loves him, and you can see that Gale is is enjoying himself, and that's not always been the case in a maroon shirt for the last few years.
0: Well, it's got so, it's a, it must be such an exciting team to be in. That uh, top six West Indies have is 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 so destructive. Uh, particularly enjoyed Hetmyer's six off two balls. <laughs> Uh, being caught on the boundary as well, uh, falling <laughs> up his hundred in the uh, in the second ODI of the series. Um, West Indies, are, it's, a, it's a good team. Like you, you can see them uh, properly what, upsetting the,
2: teams in the World Cup. What's the Andre Russell situation? He's well, fit. He, he's back. He's fit, and he was.
1: So he's in the squad.
2: Yeah. yeah. So he's called into the squad for the last couple of t- ODIs. Um, the I think he was going to play yesterday until they.
1: Kind of thought twice about the state of the pitch. OK. Because
2: I think he would have played instead of Bishu.
1: Yeah. Because looking at the team in the field, that's where you think mm. they're going to fall down. When you're looking at who's going to win this World Cup. But obviously Russell changes the dynamic quite considerably. I don't think you can ever cover the boy Nurse or, <laughs> or Stevie Wonder at backward point. But, <laughs> but aside from that, they, they are a dangerous team without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and especially now there's only going to be eight teams in it because India and Pakistan aren't, aren't going to play either. Well, all, the, all, the, all the terrorism teams are out, aren't they? So <laughs> yeah. West Indies, New Zealand final. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, Vish, what was your moment of the week? My moment of the week was Sri Lanka pulling off the most out- audacious test win against South Africa. Um, and the reason I picked that was because I think my... Uh, the last time I was here we were talking about I think it was the aftermath of the England series. England just beaten them 3-0 over there. They'd... Uh, New Zealand, Australia and South Africa line up ahead of them. And I think I said that I could see them taking a couple of a couple of wins from their winter. Now, I didn't realise they'd be in a row. and I also didn't realise they'd be in the same series. And I also didn't realise they'd be against the number one team in the world.
1: Who are unbeatable unbeat- at home.
2: Yeah, and well. so then becoming the first Asian team to win in South Africa. Um, it's outrageous, really. And obviously the headlines go to the batting with Casal Pereira's incredible knock and Casal Mendes kind of... Coming good after all these years. The
1: left-arm seamer.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Vishwa he, Fernando, yeah. Brilliant brilliant. So this is the Where incredible... he come from? He's 27. Well, so this is the <laughs> incredible thing about um, about Sri Lankan domestic cricket is that while the top 10 are generally full of, of, of spinners, you know, in terms of the top 10 wicket-takers, every inning starts with a load of quicks just hammering at the stumps for about 10 or 15 overs, which is why you get them coming into the in- international cricket and bowling such immaculate lines. Well, Vishwa Fernando was and about off-stump, every single ball. But it's also why you get them breaking down after a day in the dirt, because they're just, they're just not used to it. They're not used they're used to being, I suppose, have a, having this workload of bowling pushed on them. And suddenly you get them in conditions that are favourable to fast bowling, and they're just nailing it. I mean, Amla made it look like a club player, wasn't it? It was absolutely incredible. And yeah, praise to the batsmen, and Sri Lanka have needed batsmen who can stick around for a while. And bear in mind, they did do this without... Um, without Chenimel or um, Matthews. Andrew Matthews. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was incredible to see. Uh, but the bowling, for me, that, they get the plaudits.
0: Uh, in fairness as well, last time you were in the pod, you actually said Sri Lanka's bowling attack, uh, for the first time, is arguably better than their spin attack. And after the Australia series, oh. I thought, hmm, was this just trying to make a point that no one else had made? But actually, <laughs> fair, fair play to you. Um, Lakmal. you know, he's obviously very good. And Rajitha bowled well as well. Um, Kusal Mendes in the... in Different Kusal. Kusal Mendes in the second test match is eighty four not out made light work of a potentially very tricky run chase. Um, he 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 shows these glimpses glimpses that he is sensational. This kid could be world class, um, but we don't see them that often. This is another another time where he's proven it. See Rickson, the Sri Lankan fielding coach said um this kid is only 24 years of years of age he needs a lot of mentoring but you don't want to take any individuality away from him the kid has got something special in him as time goes on we will see him expand he is still in the infant stage and has got some self-doubt but the reality is he is class people will see greater things from him as time goes on The, the more we see of him the more we are going to say wow um in, in, in his infant stages career, he was also the third most experienced player in that rank 11, which is a, a lot of pressure to put on somebody who is still working out his game at test level.
1: Do you know what his background is? So he
2: was basically this... People were talking about him playing for Sri Lanka when he was a school kid. Yeah. They were They would always talk about, there's this kid coming through, that when we sort out everything beyond kind of... Sankar and Jay Wardner, he can slot into number four. They were already talking about that when he was 16, 17, because it's not so much the domestic first class system, it's a school system that feed a lot of these players into, into the Sri Lanka national team direct. And he got his chance quite early and he did fairly well. You know, he, he had all the things that a kid has that makes you I suppose impose a bit well, bestow a bit of trust onto them. You know, he's got good technique, he looks good on the drive, looks quite reliable against a short ball. It just hasn't really put together the scores. And there was that, there was an issue, I think, a few years ago when they thought about maybe... Actually, no, the start of um, start of 2018, middle of 2017. They opened with him, didn't they? Yeah, they didn't really know what to do with him. They didn't have an opener, per se. They still don't, really, beyond Karina Ratna. Yeah. And they kind of thought about dropping him, but there was really no one else to come in. So he's had the issue of... Well, he's had opportunities, but then he's also had the issue of when he's been out of form, he's not been able to go away and work it out. He's had to do it on the... In, in front of the eyes. There's also a
1: timing issue as well. Um, if he'd emerged three or four years earlier, then he'd have walked into a middle order with those two monsters in there and he <laughs> could have just hidden behind them at number five.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, he gave an interview to 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 all out cricket, the old magazine I used to work for, and it was tellingly done through an interpreter. And he said, One day I'll be the best batsman in the world. But it was a kind of hesitating answer. Chinese whispered through an interpreter (laughs) over Skype. Um, And I remember kind of thinking after that interview, how sweet it was that he'd he'd tried, how sweet it was that he'd gone through the process of organising this thing and how naive it was to be a 21-year-old and to make that kind of statement. But I imagine that's what he was living with because when Sangakar and Jaya Wardner are in their late 30s and then you have this promised protégé kid come through, uh, he is kind of living with that sort of mental expectation, I suppose, and it's little wonder that he, he kind of he's he's had great moments and disastrous moments and sustained bad moments, and he's had to he pulled himself out of the firing line, didn't he, for a few months? You know, he, he was kind of resting, but sort of psychologically having to rest. And Rickson references it there about self doubt.
0: We well, had a that. disastrous Asia Cup when he was dropped from the ODI side. This is why it was
1: watching that on a Saturday morning and seeing him bring that home and in a big big moment for for his country's cricket and for him to be the main man i know that the lad at 3 whose name escapes me you would, i'd never seen him play before he was also playing well but it was mendes's kind of coming out party wasn't it really that's what it looked like yeah, he, yeah. He, he he'd nailed a big result in a big series against the run of play uh, and looked like this player that, that might end up seeing it through and and as you say 24 years old you know you have to hope there's a lot of good ones around actually you know Baba Razam breaks my heart het <laughs> H- H- Meyer breaks my heart there's a there's a you know shy hope as well, glorious to watch England' have got one or two as well um, it is it is a good time for for young young batsmen
2: venture for australia as well
1: yeah in indeed
0: um <laughs> i mean linked to that series uh Tuan Olafer has potentially paid his oh, last yeah. test match in a very long time he's joined Yorkshire in a three year coal pack deal. Uh, he's just 26, he's had a breakthrough summer where he's taking wickets for fun. Um, on the surface, it's very disappointing to see a player seemingly in the prime of his career turn his back on his country. But actually, it's a lot more complicated than that, isn't it, Vish?
2: Uh, I suppose yes and no. The the surprising thing about this, certainly from the outside, is that it comes right after he's broken into the South Africa team and proved quite a vital cog. And ironically, he got his test debut because Kyle Abbott went down this route a couple of years ago. Uh, but I suppose the reality is that this has been in the offing for about eight, or so, about a year now because there was rumours that Kent were interested in signing him on a coal-pack deal. There were two players at the start of last summer that were supposedly shopping for coal-pack deals. One of them was Duane Olivier and the other was Wayne Parnell. Now, Wayne Parnell eventually signed that deal with Worcestershire last year. Olivier's um done that you know, just in the last week and... You know, it's been that long in the making, and at the time he wasn't on the. You know, he wasn't going to be picked. Lungu and Gidi had jumped ahead of him, and and because of various um, selection matters and parameters that they have to adhere to. You know, make no bones about that. He thought that. You know, his chance wasn't forthcoming. Bear in mind that he didn't play white ball cricket for them either you know, up until mm. this last month. So yeah, if you think so about do you think it,
1: the deal was done before he made his white ball? It's, it's
0: basically what he said. He, said, he said before yeah, this yeah.
2: Pakistan tour, I hadn't
0: played Test cricket since the Bangladesh tour in 2017, which led to me exploring other options for my career.
1: Right.
2: So um, uh, Richard Gibson uh, in the Daily Mail reported this at the start of the Dece- start of December, and you know usually when people report any kind of rumours, you give yourself a bit of wiggle room, you don't, you, you say, you know, pending so-and-so, whatever. He was so sure, because Yorkshire was so sure, that they were going to get him. It mm. was, you know, Yorkshire in the, you know, final stages of securing him, on a cold-back deal. None of, th- none of this overseas, this, that and the other. It was definitely going to be a cold-back deal, It's definitely going to be for Yorkshire, and it was going to be a multi-year deal, and that is probably the most worrying thing, because, you know, a year, a year is a long time in cricket, look what it's done to his career. Mm. He suddenly, you know, if he was at the stage of his career this time last year, he almost certainly wouldn't have made that decision. But then Queen South Africa shouldn't be in a position where they need to promise, make promises they can't keep to young kids in the off chance that these things come about. And I suppose it uh, moves into a wider point about how there should actually be you know, a central money pot from Indeed. the ICC to Indeed. allow these countries who are you know the rand isn't isn't strong but it shouldn't be dependent on the rand it should be dependent on the on the reserves that they should be able to call on to then fund their international cricket because yeah more and more this is just going to happen yeah yeah
1: if you're a south african fan you'd be in despair with this you know you just transpose this story over here to england where we don't know how lucky we are we 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 drag players from elsewhere brackets jofra archer etc we 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 don't understand what it's like to lose a player that you invest time emotional attachment and passion for we don't understand what it would be like but if you're a South African cricket fan and you're watching that and you see a player emerge and wear that kit and then play for less than a year or a year and a bit and then I know it's complicated I get that but but the, the fans are going to be feeling absolutely distraught by this because it's another one and and the question has to be when when will it stop if it, if it ever will stop and, and Gidi. Thankfully, he's got an IPL contract, so he might not be quite so concerned. But, but how much time and emotional investment can you throw at, at, at these lads when, when you don't know if they're going to be playing in five, five minutes time? You know, and, and, and my heart does go out for, for for South African cricket fans. You know, it must be a very difficult thing. Almost like in a holding pattern. You know, mm-hmm. Not sure I, which way to, to move.
0: I don't blame Oliver at all. It's not about the individual.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, not, not... it's not really about the individual. You know, In an ideal world, you'd like them all to, to devote their time to the badge. You know, in an <laughs> ideal world. But, but we, we live in far from ideal times. It's not really about the individual. It's about trying to protect against this happening regularly. And, and, and Vish, you know, has obviously hit the nail on the head there. That There needs to be a central... Money pot better disseminated across the game to protect um, those those countries that are obviously uh, economically inferior to the big beasts mm. not as well, it not an easy one to solve
2: i think the 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 other issue here is that um, olivier and uh, and Abbott are the high profile examples but but actually it's the van Ziel's or colin ackerman's david visas of this um, of this particular issue that have a knock-on effect in South Africa because then you get a South African domestic system where you're taking out the experienced players or the players who might push you know, those in possession in, in the national team. It was only a couple of years ago, maybe a bit longer than that, when Stephen Van Zyl was being touted as the Ian Bell of South Africa. You know, Colin Ackerman signed his pack deal when he was being talked of by, sele- by South African selectors to open to, for the England tour. That is going to be the biggest strain for me if... You know, some someone thinks actually, you know what, fifty thousand to play, fifty thousand pounds a year to play Division Two cricket. I'll, I'll take that. Mm. Blessing Mozabani Barney um, from Zimbabwe, twenty-two year old quick is just signed to deal with with Northants. Now Northants need to kind of scrim and save wherever, whatever the hell they can, and so they're getting a, a not a finished bowler, but someone who's going to be a lot better than anything they can call on right now for that amount of money. You know, I, I was going to say they have no shame, but kind of why should they? Because they you know they're being made to sing for their supper, but. Yeah, it's amongst, an issue that has to be addressed one more In moment. amongst
1: all of this, doff your cap to South African cricket culture. You know, they keep just churning out talents yes. one after the other. And we gobble them up over here because we've got a bit more money in our pocket, shamefully. But the conveyor belt never stops. Yeah,
0: there's a serious production line of yeah. fast
1: bowlers at the moment. It's amazing.
0: We'll find out in two years' time when they attack. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, elsewhere, there was an amazing win for England women today. Uh, they'd already lost a series against India after going down 2-0 after the first two ODIs. but They managed a two-wicket win early today. Uh, India were restricted to 205 off their 50 overs with Catherine Brunt taking a Pfeiffer. England's chase started badly. They were 40 for 4, then 49 for 5 before runs from Heather Knight. Danny White and Georgia really? Elwes took them home. Um, that was, to my surprise, Danny White's first ODI fifty, which is amazing considering uh, the year she had last year in T20s with those two um, two headline hundreds. Yeah,
1: she batted six in the in the ODI side. Seven um, today. Was it seven yeah. today. Maybe maybe they see her as the finisher. Maybe, um, but but it to wasn't me, one it of seems... those innings. It was uh, yeah. quite restrained actually. Yeah. With, yeah,
2: given the situation. That was the most impressive thing about it, as mm. you say, after a two hundreds last year, T20 hundreds. He- I mean, lazily, I suppose you wonder, do they have that kind of innings in them? And evidently she does. She's always been a bit of a weird player in that regard because she used to be an all-rounder. She used to bowl. Well, she doesn't bowl at all now, but mm. she used to before. And there was a period where she didn't either. So I think there's a three or four games, maybe about five years ago, in a row where she didn't bat and didn't bowl. Because, obviously, the best time to bat in women's audio cricket back then certainly was at the top of the order. Still is now, to be fair. And she's just an incredible fielder, so therefore was worth her place. And now the, you know, part of Robbo's thinking, I suppose, has been trying to make use of what they have, and Wyatt's really the, the greatest example of that. Tammy as well, I suppose, and Winfield certainly at the start of his tenure as openers who had appalling mm. international records who suddenly mm. become jets just like that. Tammy in particular, yeah. Um, and and Wyatt now is um, I suppose is is leading that charge, yeah. Yeah, a uh, really good win
0: there. Um. Elsewhere, Glenn Maxwell, yesterday, he he was having fun as well. He pretty much beat India on his own. He's hit 113 off 55 balls as, in, as Australia chased down India's 190. Uh, he's got a bass higher than seven in ODI cricket. He, he's Australia's butler, isn't he? Uh, I,
1: I have to say, it's slightly passed me by the the, the Maxwellisation of, of cricket Twitter. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I'm nowhere near qualified enough to, to pontificate on this one sitting next to the queen of Twitter, Vidusha Nahantaraja. So I think, I think you can take over on this one, Vish. Um, I guess the straightforward question: Why is he? Why is he overlooked uh, consistently in the Test side and what ODI uh, side? Why and, and he be higher than? Why do they demur with him in the ODI side? What's going on?
2: I don't know. If you if you look at Australia and the way they've played ODI cricket since winning that last World Cup, they've actually been quite outdated. You know, England turned them over in. Um, in Australia and then they turned over their third 11 in England last summer and since then they haven't seemed to learn any lessons they've they've persisted with Cuadra at the top of the order which is fine but he he doesn't seem to translate his t20 form into ODI cricket he seems to just rely more on how he goes about it,
1: things in tests does he still wear his, his buttons all the way up oh yeah start. no no
2: he does so, so I mean all the more reason to keep it yeah sure. in the side, yeah him and shy hope are the two leading lights of that
1: yeah particular yeah.
2: fight um John Campbell as well. As, as he's
1: got a lot going on on him, Campbell. <laughs> yeah. A lot going on there. Glorious fair,
2: But yeah, I don't I don't really understand what they want to do with Maxwell. You think they could use him in Butler, use him as Butler in the way that... The floater. Yeah, yeah, just get him to back where they want and maybe have him as a fixed position at number five, because seven is, is too short. I and mean, in those only those guys that had at the start of the year, he was just, what well, he was coming in with barely any time to get going. Um, is he, do you reckon he's going to play in the Ashes? I don't think he will. I'll say that off the bat, because... I mean, they just have to play Warner and Smith, don't they? And suddenly, they've just got a backlog of middle order well. Just, just on that,
1: I think was it Payne or it might have been Langer. I'm not sure. But one of the one of the head honchos said, you know, everything's forgotten. Soon as they're ready, they're back. <laughs> so you know, we can move on. We can clear the decks, and they'll be back as soon as they're yeah. as soon as they're allowed.
0: Yeah, I definitely don't think he will play in the Ashes. Um, there's, there's been very little indication from the Australian management that they're willing to, to select him in the longest format. Um, and also with all the middle people who've batted in the middle order uh this year, who's done actually all right. Warner Smith have to come back. It's quite a difficult one. And I like, I don't know if you've seen this week, but uh the, the race for uh to, to open the batting for Australian Ashes got very exciting. Cameron Bancroft hit 224 of West, Indi- West, West Indies. Uh, Western Australia's 426 runs in the match, 53% of all their runs. And that's his first game back. Yeah, and he nearly carried his he's back been play, He's been
2: playing in the big bash for right. the yeah. first okay.
0: quarters, yeah. That's his um, first
1: first-class game. Yeah.
0: yeah,
2: then Marcus Harris
0: scored 95 and 174. Monkey Harris. Um, the 174 came in a successful chase of 304, while Joe Burns, has scored 180 in his last test match, scored 60 and 80. I like
1: him, Burns. Classy. He yeah, averages 40 opening quite.
0: the batting and they've got a bloke called David Warner coming back as
2: well so that's uh, lots of, lots of uh, options there. Have you seen Marcus Harris? Seen
1: yeah. Him? Kind of like a nuggety thing, right? Yeah,
2: oh, no, no. Just like, just kind of uh, aesthetically he, as uh, one of my friends said he looks like a, the kid at school who'd make fart noises under his armpit. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> There's a kind of Rick Moranis sort of, yeah, yeah. of he, he looks
0: like um, uh, Will Poulter from Son of Rambo. don't know if you've seen that film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, and,
1: and, and a late developer and a nuggety opening bat he's still so. a lot of
0: batting right? yeah sure yeah. Man, well <laughs> okay.
1: anyway
0: other news Amy Villiers has signed for Middlesex to play domestic English cricket for the first time that's nice seven games uh, including some that are currently due to take place at tiny grounds uh, including Richmond Cricket Club um, which, which is I used to play there is, is tiny
1: Did you get um, any get any out there
0: how tiny is it? Me, it? me yeah. getting runs? Yeah. Um, no, I, I kind of bat 9-10. Right. Uh, some wickets on, on, the, on the pitch that okay. AB is going to hopefully
2: play this all summer. Right. Um, it'd, be an, it'd, be, yeah, it'd be a nice change from all those huge IPL grounds that AB yeah. <laughs> <had. laughs> <laughs> That's going to look ridiculous. Um,
0: Sanath Jarseroy has been banned from cricket for two years for failing to adequately cooperate in the ICC's investigation into corruption in Sri Lankan cricket. Um He's issued a statement saying that he's been found guilty because he didn't hand over his phone and SIM card immediately, underlined and bowled, Uh Twice he, he did that, uh, citing extenuating circumstances that were of a very personal nature. One word,
1: um, incognito. <laughs> it's a
0: very, very strong message. Just get message. a burner, just get a
1: burner. Yeah, yeah blatantly.
0: Yeah. It's a strong message when I see that, that they're banning him for not giving his phone... Uh, to them quick enough
1: yeah and and fair play to them i remember nasa said when this broke a few months ago he said at least the icc they've been accused fairly of going after the little fish before there aren't many higher profile figures in Sri Lankan cricket mm. less world cricket than, than Jaya Saria um and so yeah i think they deserve a degree of credit for that icc i mean the flip side is that they're doing their job it's the very least they should do but this is a this is a significant development, I think, and, and I'm glad it wasn't brushed under any carpets or, or whitewashed or anything like that. You know, I think this is this is ultimately a positive thing. Um Vish, do you have any any feelings on this?
2: I've I've never met Mr. Jessura in my life. Um <laughs> No, i think I think it's <laughs> I th- I think it's uh
1: You'd sell him a burner, wouldn't you? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think I would. Yeah. Um the one thing about the ICC, as you say, is yeah, they've been accused of, of going for the little fish, the court and things like that, and you know, uh, uh, chucking people out of grounds for making bets on their phone and and making a, yeah, having a big song and dance about it. I think one of the most interesting things they did recently, I think it was during the Sri Lanka tour, was when they had that amnesty. Yeah. Where they said, you know, anyone with information, if you've been contacted and haven't reported it, an amnesty for a couple of months, three months, I think it was, come and, and, and tell us, because I suppose that's the that's the way you fight it. You don't have people fearing for a secondary threat, you you make them think that actually this is... A, well, you make sure it's a safe place for them to come and, and divulge that kind of information. Yeah. Because that's the only way this thing gets quashed.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, certainly a strong message. Um, shall we end with Afghanistan, shall we? Yeah. yeah. I let's. watched
1: this one. Really? Yeah, I did. Yeah, right. What do you mean, really? Um, I did uh, watch some cricket, okay, you know. Yeah,
0: you watched loads this week. Um, so, Hazratullah Zazai... Uh, Say that again. Hasmatullah Zai. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He hit. You might. You might have heard the name before. He is the guy who hit six sixes in the, in an over in the Afghanistan Premier League last year. Ah. Um He hit 162 not out in a T20 international against Ireland. An innings that contained 16 sixes
1: equalling, That's a lot. Equaling. Come on. Anyone? Graham Napier, 2008. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Hit sixteen yeah. at Chelmsford. I don't think anyone. Chris Adams' else... face was was a joy during that game. Think, well. Oh, and Gail hit sixteen in the game. In fact, no, Gail hit seventeen. I think that's that's the record in that one seven five for Bangalore. Yeah, uh, I watched it. It was great. Uh, and then I watched the second game as well. And and that my... was the second game. All right, the third okay. game. All right. But, and, 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 but no, but
0: hang on. Let's talk about the second game. That's that was the highest score. Afghanistan got two hundred seventy eight from their twenty over. That's the highest score in all Twenty Twenty cricket ever. Yeah. Um, and I mean Zazar in six months has hit six sixes and in over and 162 in a 20 over game one to watch for the World Cup you presume yeah
1: definitely <laughs> a real pure, pure player uh, as is Mo Navi as well who, who dominated the, the third game um, he's he's a, he's a diamond cricketer yeah
2: um,
1: I think we'll be seeing quite a lot of him as well in county cricket as well down the line
2: Oh, he's signed for Kent tonight. yeah indeed
1: yeah. For, I think for the, pretty much the whole the whole of the the blast and all of that so so Afghanistan's story is moving from romantic to 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 real now, you know, and you're seeing the emergence of, of proper cricketers who have, who have come through due to, you know, funding and infrastructures in place and so on. And uh, and, and anybody who, who kind of still looks at it sweetly, slightly patronizingly, mm. what a wonderful story it is. Well, it's, it's a lot more than that now. You're just seeing quality cricketers come through quite regularly. Uh, and they they will be they'll be dangerous. All right, the pitches and so on in England, but they, they'll be dangerous in that World Cup. They will take one or two down with
0: them. Yeah. So I I don't think Afghanistan will realistically qualify for the semi-finals, but I think they'll play a massive part in deciding who yeah, does. I, I think they are well capable of being anyone on their day. Yeah. They'll be kingmakers um, of the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. If Rashid Khan turns it on in a game, like not much you can do about it. In in that last T20, he took four wickets in four balls, um, and. I looked at the stats here. So, Rashid Khan averages 7.2 in T20Is against Ireland and 3.46, 3.46 when Afghanistan win the toss. So, Paul Sterling, if you're listening, win the toss. (laughs) Win the toss, Paul.
2: Um, The other fascinating thing about Afghanistan is their, um, I I suppose, their graduation from under-19 level. Mm. They're so Mm. good at turning over players from under-19 to to um, I suppose the first 11 Usman Ghani who batted alongside um, your man there whose name I'm not going to attempt so I forget it momentarily um, he was the kind of under 19 dream kid he was um, part of the 2015 World Cup as well and I think in, um, in a video series that we both starred in Phil mm. up, all, up all night with AOC <laughs> yes. he was my um, he was my outside bet for Afghanistan's top bat and he didn't he play, did, a play did he didn't <laughs> play a game so, yeah um, that's right that video still on YouTube
1: there are a few don't direct p- don't
2: direct anyone to it they're all they're all gone <laughs> they're all um, they're all dead oh those were the days <laughs> I mean Phil for, uh,
0: late last year you spent a whole day just rewatching those videos <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: and laughing to yourself <laughs> with headphones on and they have not aged one
0: day <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well Vish thank you very much for coming on thank you for having me Phil thank you very much for coming on it's a pleasure squire. if you're listening for the first time subscribe tell your friends